Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. We have a special, special treat for you today. Amen. So good to see you in the house of the Lord. One of our very own is graduating from college this weekend. Charity Battle graduated from UVA yesterday, and her family is in town. And... Her brother-in-law and sister, Stephen and Jasmine Funes, for those of you who don't know, they were our student pastors, our youth pastors, right at the beginning of the COVID chaos. And uh, then the Lord saw fit to promote them and move them to Canada two years ago to become proprietors of their own Chick-fil-A. Amen. Now, Stephen, uh, who preached regularly here before they left and went to Canada, they, this is his first opportunity to be back in the pulpit since they left two years ago. And since he was going to be here this weekend, we're thrilled to have him as our guest minister today. Why don't we welcome him home today? Welcome Stephen Funes back home today. Amen. Let's get ready to hear the word of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. What's up, Life Church? Man, it feels so good to be in God's house today. Now, I got a feeling this 11 a.m. crowd is tapped in and on fire for Jesus. Would that be accurate? All right. Yes. Special thanks to Pastor Buddy and First Lady, as well as Pastor Rodney and Davina for leading this incredible church. Why don't we show them some love and honor them for shepherding your souls? Come on. They're the ones that are praying for you. They're the ones interceding on your behalf, and you don't even realize. What a blessing. How about that worship team, though? Wow. Thank you so much for ushering us into the presence of God. I mean, do y'all feel that? The presence of God is here. You know what that means? That means your healer is in the room. Come on, anybody need a healing today? Come on, your healer is in the room. Your provider is in the room. Come on, your savior is in the room. Come on, your way maker who can make a way out of no way is here this morning, right here. Come on, your champion who is undefeated is in the room. Come on, is anybody thankful? Go ahead and give God some praise. Woo, yes, hallelujah. Praise God. Because some of you are just moments away from receiving your breakthrough. Praise God. Anybody in here willing to stand to their feet and give God just a few more moments of praise? Come on. Tell them, God, you are awesome. You are the great I am. You are worthy to be praised. Come on. Does anybody remember where God brought you from? I remember May 23rd, 2010, when I went under these baptismal waters under the saving name of Jesus Christ. All my sins buried and washed away, and I was resurrected as a new creation in Christ. Come on, do you remember where God changed your life forever? Praise God. He's such a good, good father. Amen. Yes, you may be seated. Some of us here have come here this morning carrying some heavy things, some heavy weights, some heavy burdens. But it's time to surrender those today. Come on, some of us have had some thoughts of suicide, facing depression or anxiety. Some of us 
have had some lustful thoughts, some pornography addiction. Some of us have some hatred or bitterness or unforgiveness in our hearts. Some of us may be struggling with some insecurities, a sense of hopelessness or abandonment. Some of us may be facing some fears, perhaps even fear of the unknown. But I want to encourage you today that all of those things have to bow at the name of Jesus. Why? Because there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Therefore, there is power in the name of Jesus. You know what's cool? God can fight all of these battles on your behalf. And not just for you. Ooh. Not just for you, but for your family and for your children and for their children. Because in Exodus chapter 20, verse 6, he said, I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. So if you're ready to receive that love today, go ahead and lift your hands unto God right now in that posture of surrender to receive that blessing. Because God is building a legacy through you. He sees you. He's with you. God hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't stopped working behind the scenes on your behalf. Why? Because he loves you. Love is a choice, and he chooses to love you despite all your flaws, despite all your insecurities, despite all your mistakes. He desires for you to walk in freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you may have come into this church today with some things that have held you bound for so long. Perhaps there's something in particular that has kept you from living in true freedom, living out your true destiny in Christ. Well, today is the day that you will be set free in Jesus' name. Let's all stand if you're able to posture ourselves before God today. Has anybody come today with a level of expectation to receive something from God? Amen. If you have your Bibles or Bible apps, you can turn to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I'll be reading this particular verse from the New King James. If you have it, say amen. If you need more time, say hold up. All right, hold on. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. So I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Everybody say, for me. It's personal. He gave himself for you. Jesus surrendered everything for us. Gave up his life for you and I so that we can be set free. So if we desire to be Christ-like, then we must do the same and surrender everything. But if I'm honest, there are times when I've had doubts and hesitation to fully trust God. Perhaps you can relate. So I'm going to allow God to challenge us and speak to us today on this subject. I surrender all most. I surrender almost. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be here. Thank you for being a good, good father, always being there when we need you. But Lord, it is clear, it is by divine appointment that we are here this morning. So just open up our minds and our hearts to receive your word, challenge us, encourage us, but draw us closer to you. But we trust you, we love you, and we thank you. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Now, many of you know a good portion of my story. I'm a retired captain of the United States Army. Yeah, thank you, thank you. No. I was a police officer in Henrico County and Hanover County for a number of years. Oh, thank you, yeah. And now I serve fried chicken for a living <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> like, how in the world did I end up in Canada, y'all? Well, hopefully I haven't lost my southern accent. I'm trying to hold on to that. Amen. But as you can imagine, making such a life-altering move, I had some things that I needed to surrender to God. My future, my career is clearly gone. My entire life plan out the window, my house, the proximity of being close to family and friends, my home church right here on Hatley Road, my comfort, my convenience, right? This was an uphill battle, folks. But I learned that anything worthwhile is uphill. So if you're always pursuing your dreams or the calling you feel God has on your life, those things are worthwhile. So they will always feel uphill. The uphill climb is a good place to be because that means you're probably pursuing something worthwhile. Now, this Christian life is certainly worthwhile, but man, is it an uphill battle, right? Sometimes like this, can I get a witness? Am I the only one? Living for God is hard sometimes. It's simple. God made it simple, but it is difficult. But all those things I mentioned that I had to surrender, those were all external things. But what about all the internal stuff? God bless you. What about all the things on the inside of me? The secret sins, the lustful thought life, the anger and the bitterness I had, the insecurities, the fears. Surrendering all of that has proven to be way more difficult. But perhaps on the inside of you, there's a particular sin that one sin that continues to cause you to trip up. Perhaps there's a bad experience in your past that still causes fear, emotional trauma, bitterness, or confusion. Perhaps there's a temptation that keeps lingering that makes it difficult for you to focus on your purpose. The enemy would love to convince you that you're alone, that you're all by yourself on your own little island. You're the only one that's struggling with that one thing. And he wants you to think you're bound for a lifetime. And so when you add the shame and the guilt on top of that, you essentially become spiritually paralyzed and not able to fulfill the God-given purpose for your life. But side note, in case you didn't know or no one has ever told you, you have a God-given purpose for your life. Yes, I'm talking to you. You have a God-given purpose for your life. God made you. Y'all realize that he made you from scratch. And God doesn't make mistakes. And he always creates with intentionality. Listen, if God was finished with you, you wouldn't be here. But here you are. I want you to just pause for a moment. You could even close your eyes and just reflect on a defining moment where God changed your life. Maybe he brought you through something. Maybe he was there when no one else was. Your father in heaven sees you. 
He knows your entire lifespan from start to finish. He sees your tears. He knows your innermost thoughts, and he still loves you deeply, so deeply that even before you were born, he was thinking of you and decided to die for you so that you have an opportunity to be set free and spend eternity with him. Is anybody thankful for a good, good father today? Go ahead and let him know. Tell him, thank you, Jesus. Come on, I love you, Jesus. I appreciate you, Jesus. Despite my flaws, despite my past, you came and saved me anyway. And I thank you today in Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to keep things simple and practical for us today. Is that all right? All right. In order to surrender all, not surrender all most, but truly surrender all, especially the things on the inside, there are three things you must do. Number one, repent. Repent. Praise God. You must consistently meet God on a daily basis. Not every once in a while. Come on, not once a month. Daily at an altar repentance. Now, this could be here at the front during an altar call at a church service. This could be uh, in your bedroom. You could be repenting while you're in your car or even while you're walking outside. But coming to a place where you're not just sorry for your wrongdoing, not just like, oh, my bad, Lord. No, but making a decision to no longer pursue that sin, but instead turn towards Christ, right? There's a personal responsibility that you have to make a choice, to make a decision. You can't blame anybody else for that. That is a personal responsibility. You say, Lord, I'm done with this. I don't want any more to deal with it. I'm going to turn away from it and pursue you. Does that make sense? All right. Now, you might be like, Stephen, I think I'm good. <laughs> I'm a good person. I've got a pure heart. I do the right thing most of the time. So I don't really have to worry about all this repentance stuff, right? Well, let's see what the Word of God says. Proverbs 16, verse 2. It says, people may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. He goes a layer deeper behind the scenes, right behind the words and the actions. He examines your motives. Okay? You might be like, okay, Stephen, you got me there. My motives may not always be right, but at least my heart is pure. Oh, really? Jeremiah 17, verse 9. says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Now, you might like, okay, Stephen, so my motives may not always be pure. And clearly, my heart is not always pure. But as long as my life looks good on the outside, I can just hide all the bad stuff. No one has to know. Romans 2.16. And this is the message I proclaim. That the day is coming. Hear me. The day is coming, y'all. When God, through Christ Jesus, will judge everyone's secret life. Come on, what you do behind closed doors, what you do when no one else is watching, the things that you think about, the things that you look at you shouldn't be. Come on, God is going to judge everyone's secret life. Now, in the Bible, there are numerous examples of people having a disease called leprosy. Now, this was a chronic infectious disease that predominantly affected the skin, producing skin ulcers, nerve damage, and muscle weakness, and left untreated, the disease would cause severe disfigurement and significant disability. But what about 
the leprosy within. Come on, leprosy within referring to the ugly side of our lives that people don't see. Because you may look clean on the outside, and I have to admit, y'all look pretty good out there. Hopefully I look all right too. We may look clean on the outside, but there are some things on the inside that people don't know about. I mean, if people knew your true inside, the raw reality of your inside, would they want to be around you? Let me put it this way. If your thought life were on full display on this projector screen, what movie rating would your thought life be classified as? Now, people may assume, oh, Stephen Funes' thought life? Man, grab the popcorn, y'all. That sounds like a G-rated, family-friendly film we can all watch and enjoy. But can I be transparent? Sometimes my thoughts are rated R. But we must capture our rebellious thoughts and teach those thoughts to obey Christ. Amen. We cannot let those bad, evil, sinful, lustful thoughts linger in our minds because that will ultimately lead to more sin. Letting that thought or that bird fly over your head is one thing. Come on, we are constantly stimulated out there. Thoughts are just coming and flooding our brains. Letting it just fly on by is one thing. When you let that thought or that bird build a nest in your hair, that's when you're in trouble. But hear me, none of us are perfect, right? We all make mistakes. We are all sinners, and I am certainly one of them. Your journey doesn't have to stop at your mistake, though. There's a better life beyond those bad decisions, beyond those situations from your past. Hear me, we all have a past. We all have a past. But we are all here in the present. And in Christ, we all have a future in Jesus' name. Luke chapter 5, verse 32 says, I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. So in order to surrender all, especially the things on the inside, there are three things we must do. First one is repent. The second thing we must do is receive God's mercy. Receive his mercy. Amen. Proverbs 28, verse 13 says, People who conceal their sins will not prosper. There it is right there again, about that secret life. Don't conceal it. Conceal, don't feel, don't let it show. I'm talking about that. I'm talking about fully exposing yourself, being vulnerable with God, choosing someone that you trust. Confess that stuff. Because if not, the Bible says you won't prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, again, turning away from the sin, they will receive mercy. Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9. says, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger. That's good news for me. He's slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. So mercy is the act of withholding deserved punishment, right? Because in his mercy, God does not give us the punishment we deserve, a.k.a. hell. We deserve hell, but he doesn't give it to us. He withholds that punishment. Amen. Mercy is a, a compassionate love to the weak. Right? And as imperfect humans, we're weak. We're so weak. We need God's mercy. And mercy takes us to that path of forgiveness, right? I mean, to put it plainly, mercy is about what you don't get when you deserve it. Right? Because we all sin and fall short of God's standard. 
The wages of sin or the cost of sin is death. But Jesus Christ paid the price so we don't have to. And that mercy keeps us from going to hell. It keeps us, right? So in order to surrender all, repent, receive God's mercy, the third thing we must do is embrace his grace. Embrace his grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Right? So in all of my mistakes, in all of my weaknesses, in all of my brokenness, when, when I hit rock bottom and I had nowhere else to go, that is the place where God's strength is made perfect and Christ's power rests on me. See, grace is the act of providing unmerited favor, right? Because while in his grace, God gives us the gift we do not deserve, a.k.a. heaven. We don't deserve heaven, but he gives it to us as a gift. Grace is a, a generous love to the unworthy. And I'm, I know I'm unworthy, but we all need God's grace. Grace leads us to reconciliation or a restoration in Christ. To put it plainly, grace is about what you get when you don't deserve it. You see, by our sinful nature, we deserve hell. But through his grace, the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? So to sum all of that up, you start with repentance, you're picked up by his mercy, and you're given freedom through his grace. So what does that look like? I know for me, I remember plenty of times where I would just come to an altar and I would just get right on my knees because I was just so weighed down by my struggles, so weighed down by the filth that I carry, so much sin in my life. And I was just like, God, I was just so broken. It's like, Lord, I need you. Lord, I can't carry this anymore. Lord, I don't even want to pursue this stuff anymore because I realize it has gotten me nowhere. But here I am. For the thousandth time, Lord, here I am, and I need you. Lord, please forgive me. I'm turning away from that stuff so that I can pursue you. All right, that's the repentance part. And you know what he did? Rather than pushing me down towards hell, what, which is what I deserved, he picked me up by his mercy. He says, all right, son. Amen. So there I was. I repented. I was forgiven. He picked me up by his mercy. And then you know what else he did? Took it a step further and gave me a gift. The gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. He showered me with his grace. I'm so thankful for that today. Amen. Now a personal example of this from my own life. Just looking back at my teenage and young adult years. One of the Ten Commandments that I needed to repent about was thou shalt not commit adultery. And it's not that I was physically cheating on my girlfriend or now wife, but Jesus raised the bar in his word. He raised the standard and says, Stephen, even if you look at a woman with lust, ladies, even if you look at a man with lust, you've already committed adultery with them in your heart. So I had to begin making a daily covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman. You see, I struggled with pornography for many years. And so I had to constantly be at an altar of repentance and ask God for his forgiveness. Because according to Jesus' standard, 
I was guilty as charged. I deserved eternal punishment for breaking his commandment over and over again. Yet by his mercy, he saved me and gave me another chance. Amen. And not only did he save me from eternal damnation, but he also extended his grace and provided that gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So despite objectifying women for years, treating his daughters as sexual objects, my actions were as if I didn't even care that Jesus died for me. Like I was just walking right up to his cross and spinning in his face over and over again as if I didn't even care that he sacrificed his own life to save my soul. I was a Christian, but my disobedience was louder than my praise. But God forgave me. He picked me up with his mercy, and he showered me with his grace. And what's so special is that he didn't stop there for me. To take it a step further, he gave me another gift that I do not deserve. He gave me one of his very own daughters, a strong woman of God, to be my wife. And glory to God, on July 5th, Jasmine and I will be celebrating nine years of marriage. Praise God. So thankful. This is how powerful the love of God is. But he didn't just stop there. Praise God. Despite my flaws, despite my past, and being so imperfect of a man, he has given me, of all people, the opportunity to be someone's father, my son Jaden. He's given me an opportunity to raise up a man of God, despite my ways, despite my past. Give me a chance to teach him the ways of God. That's how God has shown me grace. Amen. There's a song lyric that says, you might know the song, I'm not much of a singer, but it goes, I surrender all, and it goes on. And when I would sing that song, I couldn't really sing it with those lyrics because I knew that I was still struggling. And I could surrender almost, like my hands would be halfway, but I couldn't surrender everything. Because there were still particular areas in my life that prevented me from surrendering to God fully. So I have to ask you today, when will you surrender everything? And I mean everything. Your career, who you're gonna marry, where you're gonna live, how many kids you're gonna have, your bank accounts, your retirement, your future, your dreams, those particular areas in your life that no one knows about. When will you surrender everything to God? While living in Canada, I've been praying for this church Pastor Buddy, Pastor Ronnie, I do feel that God has put something on my heart to share with this church in this season. But in order for this church, Life Church, 8378 Atley Road, in order for this church to level up, now this can be leveling up in your impact, it could be in your personal growth, ministry growth, growth in numbers, growth in financial resources. In order for this church to level up, the people within the body must surrender every area of their lives to Christ and abandon all for the call. Amen. 
Abandon all for the call of Jesus Christ. And if you do that, I believe God will take this church to a whole new level and level up in so many ways in Jesus' name. You see, because once you're fully surrendered to God, you become a blank canvas for God. I remember I had my easel right here, had all my paint. I had painted my whole life, start to finish, all the way through retirement. I had it all figured out, y'all. But then when I surrendered to God, you know what he did? tore right off and what was left was a blank canvas it hurt it was uncomfortable but here was a blank canvas because I mean who is truly the artist I left no room for him to paint on my picture and now he can paint the whole story right when I surrender to him I mean seriously who is truly the author of your life some of us got the book of our life and we want to flip the page. We want to see what's next. We're even peeking at the table of contents of our own life, trying to see what that next chapter looks like. That's not how it works, right? I'm not sure who this is for, but you're trying to turn the page and move on to the next chapter in your life, but you haven't learned the very thing God is trying to teach you on the page you're on. Because you might be telling God, like I did, Lord, enough is enough. Like, I'm tired of this. I'm ready to move on to that next chapter. Get out this season. Hear me. You are going to need what he's trying to teach you to go where he's trying to take you. Amen. So if you want to seek God's will for your life, you must give him full access to everything. And we're going to do that today. Praise team musicians, would you come? For you have been called to live in freedom. Galatians chapter 5, verse 24 and 25. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed, nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. And since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives, being Spirit-led in every part of our lives. But let me encourage you today. Christ does not get flustered and frustrated when we come to him for fresh forgiveness, for that renewed pardon from all of our mess, from all of our sin. I mean, that's the whole point, right? Jesus came to heal. He went down into the horror of death and plunged through the other side. He defeated death, hell, and the grave and provided the keys to the kingdom of God so that we can have full access to our Heavenly Father for all eternity. Now, the three keys to the kingdom of God, they're found in Acts chapter 2. They are repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Keys to the kingdom. So if you're fairly new to this whole Christian thing, those three keys are three easy steps you could take. You could take all three today if you wanted to. But wherever you are in your walk with Christ, there is a next step for all of us today. So let's all stand if you're physically able. You don't need to get rid of the burdens and clean yourself up as a prerequisite to come to Jesus. Your very burden that you carry is what qualifies you to come. You don't need to try to get rid of all your chains, all the baggage that you've been carrying, and then come to Jesus. No. The very chains and baggage you carry is what qualifies you to come. 
to Jesus, to find peace, to find hope, to find rest. And if you don't remember anything else from today, remember this. Jesus is gentle and accessible, and he's ready for you today. Today is the day that you will be set free in Jesus' name. Psalms 91 verse 14, it says, The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. So this altar is open right now. If you feel God prompting you today, he's ready to receive you with open arms. Come on, you can step out of the aisle and make your way to the front here. There's plenty of space. You see, when you take physical steps and change your physical posture, your soul will follow suit. So you step out of your aisle and it feels a little uncomfortable, but your soul is beginning to step out of its comfort zone. And when you take a few steps forward, your soul is doing the same thing with anticipation because it's excited to see what God has. Right, and then you get up to the front and you just say, Lord, I want to fully surrender. Not surrender almost, but surrender all. Your soul will begin to posture and be expecting to receive everything that God has for you today. Some of you may need to intercede for a family member right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, there's an urgency for souls today. You are called to stand in the gap for your family. Come on, there may be someone you know that is carrying something heavy. And that chain needs to be broken today. You can pray for them right now. Come on, the name or names that are popping in your mind, that's who you need to pray for right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Just begin to speak to God today, wherever you are. He can handle anything. So give it all to him today. In Jesus' name.
unbreakable. God, we believe for us. So right now, wherever you are in this room, I want you to lift your hand to the Lord, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray for God to break what has seemed unbreakable in your life. I want you to pray for God to move whatever has seemed immovable in your life. Amen. Because you know what? We believe Him for it, and we thank Him for it by faith in Jesus' name. Come on. God can do anything. Amen. Nothing is impossible for Him. So right now, pray that prayer. Right now, all over this house, Father, in the name of Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, for immovable mountains to come down, God, and be moved. And we pray for healing. We pray for financial provision. We pray for relationship restoration. Whatever it is, God, come on, cry out to Him right now. Come on, speak a word of faith over it right now, God. I believe, God. I believe, God. I believe I refuse to lie at the enemy. I refuse the fear. I refuse the doubt. I reject it. I stand on the authority of the Word of God. I stand on the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Yes, yes, yes. You're our healer. You're our strength. You're our God. You're our provision. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Come on, somebody needs to pray in the Spirit right now. Walls come down. Come on, walls come down. Walls come down. Walls come down. You said it, I believe it. You said it, I believe it. Come on, you said it, it is done. Yes. You said it, I believe it. You said it.
Hallelujah. 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 Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. In the Old Testament, David said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Amen. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul said, I die daily. I'm crucified with Christ, yet I live. You've heard me say this many times. I'll say it until I'm done. But the way you come to Christ is by a bended knee. And the way you walk with Christ is by a bended knee. Father, forgive me. Pour your grace and mercy out new on me every morning. You see, when you have a transparency in your walk with God, with God, He already knows, amen? But the Lord will just come right down. And as Stephen talked to us about, He will just breathe fresh grace and fresh mercy on you every day, amen? See, the Father's not seeking perfection, but He is seeking honesty. He wants pursuit. He wants relationship. And He just wants us to not just say, I surrender almost, but I surrender all. How many of you appreciated that word today? Amen. Now, Pastor Stephen, where are you at? There he is. You cannot wait two more years to come back. Because if you wait two more years, it's not, it's not going to be good. Amen. Y'all love Pastor Stephen. Appreciate that today. Amen. Hey, thanks for watching. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss one of our videos or live streams in the future. Also, take a moment and share this with a friend. Be sure to join us 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. each week live as we celebrate Jesus together here at Life Church. God bless you.